reading this morning is from the book of Malachi, chapter 2, verses 10 to 16. Have we not all one Father? Has not one God created us? Why then are we faithless to one another, profaning the covenant of our ancestors? Judah has been faithless, and abomination has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. For Judah has profaned the sanctuary of the Lord, which he loves, and has married the daughter of a foreign god. May the Lord cut off from the tents of Jacob anyone who does this, any to witness or answer or to bring an offering to the Lord of hosts. And this you do as well. You cover the Lord's altar with tears, with weeping and groaning, because he no longer regards the offering or accepts it with favour at your hand. You ask, why does he not? Because the Lord was a witness between you and the wife of your youth, to whom you have been faithless, through, uh, though she is your companion and your wife by covenant. Did not one God make her? Both flesh and spirit are his. And what does the one God desire? Godly offering. So look to yourselves and do not let anyone be faithless to the wife of his youth. For I hate divorce, says the Lord, the God of Israel, and covering one's garments with violence, says the Lord of hosts. So take heed to yourselves and do not be faithless. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand for the Gospel reading. Hear the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew, chapter 5, verses 17 to 20 and 27 to 32. Glory to you, O Lord. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them uh, will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And from verse 27, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife 
except on the grounds of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery, and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Let's pray together. Lord God, we give thanks for your word this morning. We pray it would dwell richly in our hearts through faith, for we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Do take a seat, everyone. It is wonderful to be with you finally. Um, This process started back in January, and it's felt so long in the coming, but it feels really right and wonderful to be standing in front of you this morning. If I'm honest, this was probably not the set of readings that I thought that I might be preaching on for my first Sunday. Nice to know I was eased in nice and easily. Um, I did watch the services last week, and Hannah got Malachi 1, and I know she was slightly overwhelmed by that as well as a, a lay member of the diocese staff. Malachi started by having a go at the priests, Um, And then he moved on to having a go at the people. So today he's having a go at the people. But no, the fact that he's already had a go at the priests. Um, Part of the reading we didn't hear uh, was the end of one. And if you go back, a summary of end of one in a semi-literal translation is, if you don't improve, there will be dung on your faces. Um, And it actually does say that. So... If you feel a little bit got at, don't worry. The leaders feel got at first. And we have to get over that sense, I think, to hear what God has for us this morning. But no pressure on us. At the crux of today's reading, I believe God's covenant with his people is the key to what we are hearing today. And in it, in both of the readings, marriage is used as the chief example of our ability to have covenant with another person. In both, marriage is used as an example, but the passage is talking about marriage and all aspects of life that God is asking us to be faithful in. So let's remember that as we start thinking about our readings this morning. Let's start with Malachi. If you know anything about Malachi, you might know where it sits in the Old Testament. It's sort of well-known because it's the last book in the Old Testament. Some of the smaller prophets are put towards the end, and it sort of bookmarks. We know that Genesis comes at the beginning and Malachi comes at the end. And so, I think we can assume that the people of God, by the time of Malachi, should have known who God was, should have learned some lessons about the God whom they are meeting. And so, when Malachi writes to the people, it's unsurprising that he's quite direct when they haven't learned the lessons that he feels that they should have done. Now, one of the... Cautions that Malachi gives is against marrying followers of other gods, which sort of could seem difficult. 
Why? Is God anti-foreign? Absolutely, God is not. But it's important to see this as a great example as we begin. Why would God make something like that a request from them? This is in Malachi. This is not in other parts. Malachi has known God's faithfulness. And what have the people done? They have very easily fallen away from God. Remember the time when Moses went up the mountain to collect the stone tablets. What did he find when he came back? The people had made a golden calf. And that looked like the gods of the people around them. What had they done? They had hedged their bets. And it wasn't the only time either. By the time of Malachi, if you looked around Israel, you would have found these things called Asherah poles. And they um, were for worship of the Canaanite gods. You found um, these temporary altars to Baal. You found all over the place that the people had sort of forgotten about God. Or maybe they had hedged their bets a little bit. They had decided to just keep something in their back pocket, just in case God hadn't come out for them. So as we start this reading for Malachi, he is saying to them, he is reminding them, do not lose focus. Rely solely on God. And actually, you can't complain if you've hedged your bets and God doesn't listen to you. Now, God, when he made his covenant with his people, he said, I am your God. This is what I have already done for you. This is who I am. And in return, I ask for you to be faithful to me, to trust in my provision. Trust that I am faithful for you. Um, If you've um, heard from Mark... Um, I, at home, we, I am married, my wife is called Caroline, and we have an eight-month-old Vizsla. Vizslas are a, a type of pointer, they're quite a, a large dog, and he is very much uh, like a toddler. He is a, an eight-month-old, 20-kilo um, barrel. Um, and if you've ever had an eight-month dog in any type, you probably know they have bad habits. Um, Every dog seems to have a random set of bad habits. Um, And our particular dog has a real thing for cardboard, which, you know, is probably not the worst of the bad habits. But it means he goes around the house looking for cardboard. His favorite things in life are the little tubes uh, that toilet roll comes on. There is no greater thing than we've uh, finished a toilet roll and we can give him that. Like, he will be so excited. Other ones are um, empty egg boxes um, because those he can tear apart separately and maybe we've put an individual treat in each one as well. So he spends a lot of his day looking for cardboard. Um, Our cardboard bin, we we barely need to recycle cardboard anymore. Um, But another of the visitor's bad habits is to jump up on the sides just in case there's something worth having. 
Um, and you can sort of maybe guess where this story is going. We heard a massive crash in our kitchen, and the Oakley ran out of the kitchen, obviously knowing he had done something wrong, uh, and we went in there to find the box of eggs that my wife had bought half an hour before had all been smashed. And that was not the box of eggs that he thought he was going to get. And the thing was, all of the eggs were smashed, all six. You know, sometimes you lose one or two, but this was an absolute catastrophic one. And uh, my wife was really quite upset, unsurprisingly. He wasn't really looking for the eggs. He was looking for the egg box. Now, what's the, the saying? Don't keep all of your eggs in one basket. Um, we definitely lost all of them. Uh, it's quite tempting to now store them all over the place just so we don't lose all of them. But God, doesn't he? He calls us to store all of our eggs in one basket. Uh, and unlike that flimsy egg box, I don't know why we haven't designed a better one than an egg box because they're not very strong, are they? Um, we can trust in God for our provision because we know he is faithful. We know he is faithful because he has shown that he is faithful in the past. We know that he is faithful in our lives and therefore we can trust him to be faithful to us in the future. Now, the people in Malachi seem to be upset because their sacrifice no longer seems acceptable anymore. Maybe it is something to do with the priests and what they have been doing, and definitely they have been off sorts. But from the reading, you get the sense that actually the people have, are a part of this as well. Especially actually in the lines about marriage. And in that sense, you get the sense that it is about marriage, but it is about more than marriage as well. It's when it says that you have been faithless to the companion of your youth, you get the sense actually that there's a wider problem. It's not just the priests. It's not just about marriage. But they are being faithless in all aspects of life. What we get the sense of is that bad habits have this lingering effect. And I don't think it's that they had did bad things in the past and now things are all right, but they're being punished. I actually think that it's indiscretions, bad things have led them to act and be in a different way ever since. That other famous saying, you reap what you sow. It's a sense of, it's sort of unsurprising that if you acted in one way, you never quite get back to where you were before. But the people seem upset that life seems to have consequences, both in their marriages and in their wider lives. I think these small inconsistencies have led to bigger ones. Areas of their lives that they haven't bothered to improve now, God wants singular focus from their family life, but also from their covenant relationship with him. God made the covenant. God moved towards them, and he is calling them to be faithful in return, to follow him. 
covenant is a really key thing in Malachi. I found out that in Malachi there are 1,193 words. Let's call it 1,200. And in it, Malachi talks about covenant seven times, which seems a sort of you know, reasonably large number, but maybe not the biggest. But then if you compare that to all of the other books in the Old Testament, apart from four books, that's ten times the average. Malachi really knows, come the end of the Old Testament, come all of the people's time with God, covenant is the thing they need to remember. That God has come to them, he has shown who he is, he has shown that he is faithful, and that the people are asked to be faithful in return. So Malachi, when he implores them, stick with the God of your youth. You get that sense. He's talking more about than the indiscretions of their youth. He is talking about all of life, that they are wayward and that they need to come back to a moral life. And all we need to do is to trust God, be faithful to him, be faithful to the God who has always been faithful to us. Now in this moment, God is showing them some tough love. When it says, you know, the altar is stopped up, he is not receiving their sacrifice. Remember, this is tough love. This is not faithlessness. This is God wanting his people to turn to him. This is God being unchanging, not God changing. Now, how do we know that God has been faithful? Malachi is the We can think of it as the last book of the Old Testament. But God's faithfulness didn't stop in the time of Malachi. Around three centuries later, God's faithfulness comes together in the person of Jesus, who we hear of in our second reading. And our second reading comes from the Sermon on the Mount, which we read from the Beatitudes at the beginning of the service. It's a wonderful um, set of um, times of Jesus saying how God sees the world. And he sees it in a different way from how we see it. I think the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount are a difficult thing for us to understand. But if we see it as how God sees the world and how he asks us to see the world... In this passage that we heard today, Jesus talks about the law of God, um, which are the instructions. They are God and his relationship, his speaking to the people. Jesus says, do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So Jesus is not doing away with them. He seems to be... um, building on them somehow. It says, for truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means even disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Now, I just sort of look at that and go, wow, 
is Jesus actually putting an extra layer on? Is he actually going even further than Malachi went? Is he somehow becoming more stringent? Let's think of that in terms of our Malachi reading. God, through Malachi, was berating the people because of their inconsistencies. Their belief that they could get away with hedging their bets with other gods, with having marriages that weren't 100%. And Malachi had said, God has stopped listening because of this, because of inconsistencies. And now Jesus is speaking, and he holds up the religious elite, the Pharisees, and said, you you need to go even beyond them. But they were doing the same thing. They were outwardly one thing and inwardly another thing. We see that same thing that was happening in Malachi still being an issue in the time of Jesus. He says you have to be consistent. You can't just outwardly be one thing and inwardly be another. Jesus isn't adding an extra layer He's showing what consistency in our lives looks like. And this is what exactly Malachi had been trying to convey as well. I love that we have confessions and absolutions in our services. Because I think that when Malachi talks of the indiscretions of their youth, they had done various things, whatever back then, And they had allowed it to linger, to fester, and nothing had changed. But in Jesus, God says, all of that is washed away. Come to me with a clean heart every single day. Do not be sullied by what your past says pulls you down. But Jesus says, you come to God through me, through what I have done, not through what you have done. And that is why we put our confessions in. And that's why we take them seriously every Sunday. And that's why we come to God every single day, I hope, and say, I need you, Lord. I trust in your strength for my life and not for myself, not in my own strength. So that's my encouragement to us this Sunday, to to trust in those words that we say in the confession, trust in the truth of it, trust in what Jesus has done for us. So, in summary for today's reading, God wants us to put all our eggs in one basket. Don't trust for other things, don't try things and hold things in your back pocket just in case God doesn't turn up because he is 100% for us and he is asking us to be that as well. And secondly, be consistent in all areas of life with God, with our marriages if we're in them, with family life, work life and social life. And so my challenge to each one of us today is to consider inwardly about our own lives, which is unique to each one of us, and ask if there's an area of life that isn't fully consistent, and to lean on God, to give that to God, to confess that to God, and ask for his strength, not for our own. 
Because God in Jesus has given us that covenantal God who has bound to us. So will we today and always be equally committed to him, to his goodness, so that we can thrive in the community that God has placed us? Amen.